The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Welcome to the Saints Happy Hour Podcast. With hosts Ralph Malbro and featuring bloggers Andrew Juge of SaintsNation.com, Kevin Held of the Team Drops the Ball, and Dave Cariello of Canal Street Chronicles. This podcast is nothing but serious football talk and hardcore analysis. Which four of you would survive the longest in the zombie apocalypse, and in which order would you die? Well, Ralph, no offense, you're going first. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. The zombies would smell Dave's sugar blood and target him. They'd get him. I don't even have a joke, Dave. <laughs> Now, here's your host, Ralph Malbrose. All right, welcome to Saints Happy Hour Podcast. As always, we are sponsored by you, the fans. You got me and Andrew uh, talking about the Saints defense, previewing it. Like, he did serious football talk. I did jokes. That was your extra podcast for May. Uh, so, Andrew, he's beating old women at tennis tonight, so he probably won't join us. Uh, so, it's Kevin's joining us again, thank goodness, and Dave. Uh, thankfully, the Saints, uh, nobody got arrested and nobody got injured. So, there's no Saints news except for they signed Bryce Harris. And if he plays in a game, Kevin, you'll be happy that you weren't watching in the fall. I can tell you that. Uh, oh, okay. Well, good. I mean, good. because he's like the he's like the tenth offensive lineman on the depth chart. He's like behind the the starting five: Kalamete, Remchek, uh, Landon Turner, and Khalif. What's his name? Khalif Barnes. Him too. Like, so that makes ten. That makes nine. So he'd be number ten on the depth chart. So. Uh, well, actually, so, isn't he also isn't he also behind the uh, the guy slinging beer in section six thirty five? Yeah, he is because the guy the guy in slinging beer in section six thirty five is versatile. He can play guard or center or uh, give you a beer. As I'm drinking yeah. now, I'm drinking now. Uh, Shiner Bach, Stra- Shiner Strawberry uh, Blonde. It's very good. I'm drinking gnarly barley. It's it's like side. It's like a, uh, it's like a drink. It's like a drink and a sweet tart. It's delicious. Um, so since we don't have any Saints news between like now and training camp, when we do these these podcasts, we're gonna do some preview stuff starting in June and early July. But going up to them, we're gonna just do shorter podcasts with talking about like topics and different things. And and this topic that I came up with today is Kevin, uh, if the Saints. Don't improve upon seven and nine. Is 2017 going to be the end of Sean Payton, Drew Brees? Not necessarily Mickey Loomis because he runs the Pelicans on his off days. 
So he's um <laughs> he's he's tied into that. So he's probably not going anywhere. But like if they go seven and nine or worse, is it going to be like next January? Is it all going to be over? Like no, Drew Brees is going to walk. Sean Payton's going to take a year off and whatever. Like is it, like do you think it'll be over if they go seven and nine or worse again? So we're assuming. So okay. The question is specifically seven and nine or worse. Yeah. Uh, I think I could see that as a strong possibility. I mean, uh, I don't. I I wouldn't. The only way I would bank on on it being quote unquote blown up is if they went like is if they just completely bottomed out. I'm talking like four and twelve or something. Uh well, then that means if they, went se- if they went seven, if they went seven and nine again, Ugh, it's I mean, that, that, it's like that's the thing. It's like it's not bad enough. It's like it's not necessarily bad enough to warrant a blow up. But because it's happened so often, that's what really makes you consider. You can't, they can't tag. Drew, they can't. They can't tag Drew Brees, though, so he can walk. So so, so but I, I guess the I more the more intriguing thing. The more intriguing thing for me is, well, what if they go eight and eight or what if they go nine and seven and just barely miss and miss the playoffs by a game? Well, I, I think then it, like the not, then it depends on how did they go eight and eight and how did they go nine and seven? Like, like say they start out at like nine and three and then Drew Brees gets hurt and they, you know, fatty Daniels can't get him a win or whatever. And they crash and burn and finish. And, and then and they go eight and eight or nine and seven, then it's like, um, then it's like, oh damn, they, uh, you know, if Drew Brees hadn't gotten hurt, they'd have clearly been a playoff team. But he's thirty; he's gonna be thirty-eight, thirty-nine, and he's hurt. Do, do you sign him again? So then it gets that get that gets a really complicated scenario. Or if they go eight and eight and they have to dig themselves out of a hole again, uh, I don't know. I mean, Dave, what do you what do you th- if, if they? Let's start with the. the what do you think? The odds are if they go seven and nine or worse, do you think what's the odds of them blowing it up? I don't think they're gonna blow it. I don't think Drew Brees has any plans on on going anywhere. I don't know, man. He always chases the money. Uh, yeah, but so so what? So what? The Saints wouldn't pay him. I mean, I, I think the Saints would be happy. I think Mickey Loomis and and the front office would be uh, more than happy to to keep Drew. I do too, but what if he misses? Like, and I, what, if, I think, what if they go like seven and nine, and he misses a month? Mm, do you want to pay him? Wow, do you want to give him two years? What if he wants like two years, forty-five million? Do you if give you're him- if you're gonna if you're bringing in uh, an injury into the equation, then and missing time a month, which is a significant amount of time, then yes, then 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 okay, then that's that's a, that's a whole different ball of wax. But if you're talking about them. Just having the same damn season they've had for the last three, four years, seven and nine. And he's awesome. You know, Drew Brees is healthy. Yeah, I mean, then I, I you know, I, I, I see Peyton being on the chopping block uh, in front of. Uh, Ooh, that's of interesting. Brees. You, that's in, that's interesting, Kevin. I don't know if I, I don't know if I see that. I think it's, I think, I think they're tied at the hip forever. And I don't, I don't, I don't. I don't necessarily see. I don't necessarily see the Saints fire. Would I don't see. I, I couldn't see them firing Peyton and keeping Breeze. I mean, that would really surprise me. Held. Well, yeah. Ahead. Wait. You, so wait. You were asking me like. 
Yeah, like, Dave said he thought if they go seven and nine again, like Sean Payton is more likely to get whacked than than they not keep Breeze. I think that's interesting. I think it's both or none. Like I don't, I don't see. I wouldn't. I couldn't see the Saints keeping Drew Breeze next year and getting rid of Payton and bringing it and and elevating Carmichael or bringing somebody else in. I no, I don't. I don't think. Well, first of all, I don't think they're going to be elevating Carmichael. I don't think that's yeah. the. All right, that was a bad example, but like bringing in Gruden. Okay, next well, step. I don't see. I don't see Drew Brees hanging, like staying if Sean Payton gets fired. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just, why? I just don't see it. I just, don't, I don't know. I just. So you see him picking up and moving to a whole other city. I mean, he, 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 so look at it this way: if Payton gets fired, he's going to have a new coach in, at, with the Saints. If Payton gets fired and he leaves and goes somewhere else, he's still going to have a new coach. Uh, I mean, yeah, but so what does it matter? In either situation- This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Situation, he's got a new coach and maybe a different, slightly different system. But Breeze has been around so long and is so good at what he does. To be honest with you, I think if a new coach comes in New Orleans... Breeze is going to be like, look, this is what we're doing. This is how we're running the offense. It's not going to be the coach's decision. It's going to be Breeze's decision. And Breeze will be like, when I'm gone in two years, three years, whatever, then you can run it however you want to Here's run. Here's the but. thing, though. I don't I, Breeze, his kids, go. they go half the year to school in New Orleans, half the year to school in San Diego. Like, I don't necessarily think him picking up is that big of a deal for him. I, like if it's fighting, what do you mean half? They they go to they they go to the second half of school in in San Diego. That's what I think. I think that's true. But wow. I mean, I, I, that's weird. But I, I guess the, also, Kevin, like there's no real landing spot for Breeze. Like he's not going to the 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 Chargers have Philip Rivers, uh, San Francisco. I guess maybe, but they're awful. Would he want to go there? And the Rams. I mean, they're not going to hit the eject button one year for. I mean, they're not going to. If, if golf would have to be really fucking bad for the Rams to hit eject on that, right? So he doesn't have many landing spots out west. Hmm. Um. Right. Yeah. No. Because the the Niners the Niners are a dumpster fire. Cardinals are. Ooh, I think well, Palmer's 
Palmer's uh, Palmer's still with the Cardinals, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, they could hit the, the Cardinals. I mean, Palmer's always hurt. That's it. That's it. That would be an interesting one. Yeah, but you know, how because, much are they paying Palmer? I mean, would you want to put so much money on two quarterbacks? Well, no. I mean, they would hit the. I'm sure that what they would do is they would hit the eject button on Palmer and then bring in Breeze. You know. But that'd be – I don't know how much – I don't know, like, how much dead money they have to pay Palmer. But. This is ridiculous. We're talking about Drew Brees going to the Arizona Cardinals. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing, like – It's the offseason and it's dead time. It's offseason. I and know. It's, it's, here's That's the thing, I'm like, saying. I, I just ridiculous. think – I think this is an interesting topic because, look, if the Saints their, – their front schedule's brutal, uh, you know, I think it's a real – I think it's a real possibility. And, look – they didn't draft Mahomes because Kansas City jumped in front of them. But Kevin, they were thinking about it clearly. So like they 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 the 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 wheels are turning for the post Drew Brees era already. So like it you know, they ended up maybe they lucked out and they're going to and they getting uh Lattimore works out better than Mahomes. I think it will. But it may not and you know, we you know, we may be kicking the day we don't get Mahomes. You don't know, but they were clearly thinking about it. So it isn't isn't crazy to think that they might m- move on from Drew Brees after what they almost did on draft day, right? Uh, yeah, I guess. That's fair, I guess. I still can't believe they were thinking that. <laughs> um, has that, who, who, who has confirmed this, this, this the, the piece Pat, of information? The, the Pat Mahomes, well, the two golfers that got to go in the war room. And uh, the Saints didn't even deny it. They were like, we were looking at it. The Saints said, look, if Lattimore would have been there at 11, we'd have picked him no matter what. But if Lattimore would have been gone, we'd have picked Mahomes. And Buffalo was like, yeah, if we stayed at 10, we were picking Lattimore. So, I mean, like, it was going to be – it was in all likelihood going to be Mahomes. Um, Jesus. <laughs> so uh, – Kevin, give me a, before we get to the questions, which we have quite a few. Give me a, a, a rating of one to ten. Your odds of Drew Brees being the Saints' quarterback in twenty eighteen on a scale of one to ten. How likely? Uh, one being one being not likely at all. Ten being very likely. I would say a. I'd say a seven and a half. I'd That's, say eight and a half. I'd say seven because he's 38, and you never know. Like the only thing I think, I think Dave's right. I think the only thing that derails it is is health. I don't see Breeze playing 16 games and not being good enough to where the Saints would be like, "Nah, we don't want you back, bro." Like I just, I, I, I mean maybe, but I just I can't I can't see that. Um, so before we get to uh, questions, which thank God we we have we have a few. Um, we had a little, uh, I don't know what you call it. Chris Cornell of Soundgarden Audio Slave, he died. And he's like, I mean, Kevin, he's on the Mount Rushmore of like alternative music, right? You got it. You got him. You got Kurt Cobain, Eddie Vedder. Who would be the fourth guy on the, on the Mount Rushmore of alternative music? Maybe. Uh, I mean, uh, well, I, okay. If it's, if Juge is here, he's, he's saying Scott Weiland. Yeah. Uh, it, well, hey, I'm just saying that's what Jude would say. Yeah. I would, I would say, I would say you're throwing Lane Staley up there from Alice in Chains. Oh yeah, Ugh, I yeah. hate Alice in Chains. 
Speak, speak. Worst. And here comes Dave with his bad opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I got to agree with hell there, Dave. I mean, come on. You don't like Alice now, Did you just not oh like alternative? Did you just not like they... alternative? Do you just not like the, alternative the singing music? with like the two voices and and the tones that the two oh, voices make? Here comes it's... the rooster. Oh, yeah. So who's that? Is that Juge? I don't know. I picked, an, I picked an interesting time to show up. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. We were talking grunge music, and Juge just chimed in after uh, after after breaking that old lady's serve. Juge, I hope the backup works because whatever you did, you called in on the fucking video stream and ruined everything. So uh, just I hope hey, the... I just I just call, I just return the phone call of whatever <laughs> called me. Dude. <laughs> and, Dave, and Dave drops out. So 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 Juge, so Juge, who's on the Mount Rushmore of alternative music? Of all alternative music? Yeah. So like Bush. Smashing Pumpkins would be in play. Band yeah. Play. What about Tool? Is Tool in play? It could be yes. anybody. Yeah, Tool is in play. Are we talking, like, fame? Or are we talking my personal choices? Fame. Yours. Well, okay. Well, 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 well yours, yours based upon criteria like fame and such, and, and talent and what have you. Okay, well, talent for me is SCP, Stone Temple Pilots, number one. Not, not because... As a band, maybe they weren't the best. Uh, well, I think they were, but I, I just think they were solid at everything. So lead singer, lead guitar, bass, drummer. You know, musically, every guy was equally solid. And I feel like some bands, some of the great bands were weighted towards one guy. So I would put them number one. And who was the lead uh, singer of STP? Scott Weiland. There we go. Thank you. Yep. Yep. Uh... I mean, for me, I love Tool. I think they're incredible musically, so I, I would put them number two. Um, and then, and then three, three is kind of a tie for me. Alice in Chains and Soundgarden. Yeah. Um, if you rated, and Dave, you can jump in and 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 and, and give your Chris Cornell hatred if you want. Uh, would you would you say how much of Chris Cornell's post Soundgarden stuff is better than the sound that of his post Soundgarden stuff? How much of it is better than anything he did with Soundgarden? Kevin or D Kevin or Andrew, feel free. To oh, I I thought you said Dave. No, I was saying Dave can jump in with his his bad music opinion whenever he feels like it. Oh well, well. <laughs> Juge, I think, fucked something up when he called in. He, like, fucked up my whole... I was texting <laughs> you guys. Uh, uh, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, no, I... I Chris Cornell's voice uh, irritates me. Uh, I've never liked it. I remember that summer, whatever it was, when Black Hole Sun yeah. was like... See, now my shit's fucked up again. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and that song was so popular, and everybody loved it, and I, I could not stand that song. And to this day, his voice still just annoys the hell out of me. Uh, Kevin, do you what? What from? I thought I actually like the Audio Slave stuff better fuck? than Soundgarden. I know that's probably the minority opinion, but that's me. Is that yes. is, is that a fair opinion to have? I I mean I could. 
I wouldn't, uh, I, I didn't get enough out of audio slave. Like I got both of their albums, but I didn't, uh, listen to them nearly enough to, to be able to say that they were any better mm-hmm. than there or, or, or even close to Soundgarden. Like to me, Soundgarden just like got me at a certain age and, 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 and spoke to me or whatever. But Audio Slave was still Audio Slave was still talented. I mean, Tom Tom Morello on guitar was still killing it, and Chris Cornell still proved that he could sing, and and still had the killer pipes. So, I I, I actually I actually think his solo stuff is what's is is what's going to be sort of or what has been lost or downplayed in the last week or so or less than Get a week since he, since he since he passed uh, dude i listen Stop i only it. got to see i only got to see chris cornell one time live he was on tour for the solo album euphoria morning and it was at the house of blues and he sang the hell out of everything he he got to demonstrate like like that that whole album that's a good album uh, that's a really good album demonstrated range he demonstrated real good range on that album. So, Andrew, give me your best Chris Cornell song and album. The whole his whole catalog. Pick it. Well, Super Unknown for me is the best album by Soundgarden. Um, you know, I, I funny. I was never a big fan of Black Hole Sun. It, I kind of that grew on me later, um, but I kind of hated that song, and I thought it was so lame that that's what they were famous for. Like a Stone is my uh, favorite one. That's Audio Slave. Yeah. Well, that- that, yeah, I, you know, Audio Slave. I liked Revelations, the song. Um, the first album by them was good. I, I, I'm with Kevin. Like, I, I, I love, love the idea, and I thought it was cool, but it just didn't really, for me, have the the melody, the songwriting, and the darkness of Soundgarden, which you know, kind of somehow Cornell and that band they made darkness beautiful. That was kind of like the thing. That was the painting that they drew, and, yeah. and that's really hard to do. Yeah. Um, so. You know, best super unknown best album for sure. I mean, for a long time, Spoon Man was probably my favorite tune. Oh God, I fucking hate Spoon. Man. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I'll I'll say. Uh, Man. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, the day I tried to live and blow up the outside world are probably my favorites. Those two. Kevin, best song album. Uh, oh, wait, wait, blow up the outside world. That was on uh, the down up the up, upside. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so my my favorite uh, my favorite album would be Super Unknown, uh, and my favorite my favorite Chris Cornell song is actually uh, Seasons. Oh, that's a good one. It's uh, it's from the the single soundtrack, and that right, I mean that is again Cornell just by himself. It's just him by himself. Uh, with a guitar, I, I don't even, I can't even remember what, what else is in there, but it's very, you know, Jude just talking about like, there's, there's like darkness or whatever. This isn't necessarily, it's not necessarily a dark song, but there's definitely foreboding. Uh, it, it, it is, it is uh, a, a looming darkness <laughs> quality to it. Dave. Yeah. I, I love how we're all, he sang all about suicide into- a lot. Yeah, he did. We've all turned into Matt Pinfield here. Today. I mean, it was sad, it was sad, but I mean, you 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 kind of went, oh, he committed suicide. You went, yeah. I don't know. It was shocking. I, I don't know. This was pretty shocking to me. The catalog, yeah. But this I don't know. This was pretty shock. This this was shocking to me. 
Uh, I read something. I can't. I, I wish I remembered the name of the, uh, the the post of it now, but it was basically about how depression, you know, never goes away. It, it can topple anybody, no matter how. And popular. he had been clean and, and and healthy for the last decade. Well, that's the thing. He was a health nut. He had been clean for fourteen years. He had teenagers. He had a yeah. fan, long-standing, you know, stable family. So, you know, I know that sometimes you don't know what's beneath the surface, but um, yeah, I really. He was like the one guy besides Vetter from that era that you really felt like, yeah, he conquered his demons. He's super healthy and he's yeah, in a good fair. place and he's cranking out music. All right, Dave, favorite. Well, maybe it was autoerotic asphyxiation accident gone wrong. Oh, my God. I, I don't know, but I'll never forgive him for his cover of Billie Jean. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, do you want to give me I, a, a favorite Chris Cornell song, album? No, let's move on to Twitter right. questions. All right. Oh, actually, I, I, actually, I tell you what, I will throw this recommendation out since Dave, since Dave uh, abdicated an answer, uh, I will fill something in. I go on YouTube and type in Chris Cornell uh, one, and he it just he covers both the U two song one. And the Metallica one together. Ooh. Hmm. Oh, is that the mashups on the mashups album? I I don't know. Yeah. No, no, no. It, this was like a live performance where oh, okay. he's playing he's playing U two's one, and but he is singing Metallica. but he is singing Metallica. Metallica. That's interesting. I'm gonna have to check that out. Okay, Dave from Dale, Dale, Dale. This no way to segue from that to Twitter questions, so we'll just do it. Uh <laughs> so he asked, does Adrian Peterson play this preseason? He's never taken a preseason carry before, ever. I don't know if that's true, but I'll assume he's correct. Uh, I didn't know that about Adrian Peterson. Um, I don't know if that's true of early in his career, but definitely, I mean, I can say for sure over the last five, six years, the Vikings never play him in preseason. I mean, I guess I would think that... Uh, you know, for you know that that was different when he was with the Vikings. He was uh, the money man. He was their bell cow. He, you know, as Adrian Peterson went, so go the Vikings. Uh, obviously, he's not the main feature in this uh, in this offense now. And also, I mean, he's coming off of uh, a pretty serious injury later in his career. So I think he kind of needs to prove himself and be just one of the I, guys. I read an article about this when he signed and. They asked him about that, and he said he was open to playing in the preseason because he needed reps with the offense. And so he he kind of stated that, yeah, I know I haven't in the past, but I kind of want to. He could he could so be. I, I bet he ends up playing. It could be like the Deuce McAllister 2002 year, where the Saints were like, yeah, Deuce is the running back, and we think he's going to be awesome. And we're going to give him, like, four carries. And they gave him, like, four carries against Cincinnati and had, like, well, 70 yards. And they were like, it's good. Yeah, I was so, going to say, didn't he have that 65-yard run? Yeah, so they were like, that's yeah, good. Yeah, and then they were like, you're done. <laughs> you're done. See you in <laughs> yeah. September, buddy. And maybe, maybe that'll be Peter's. But I think he'll get – he'll get – he'll get. he's going to get three or four. Um, I remember Mike McCarthy was the uh, offensive coordinator. And uh, <laughs> Deuce, like, first preseason game breaks that long run. He's like, all right, I've seen enough. Yeah, this is from Balky, Andrew. Percent chance that Saints Twitter is right about PJ Williams, and you're wrong. Uh, well, I mean, the thing is, Twitter isn't even rational. Like, 
Twitter even isn't even saying like, yeah, he'll play 11 games yeah. in those 11 games. He'll be really solid. Not great, but just pretty solid. I mean, they're ready to put him in the Hall of Fame. Dude, I got, so, into, I got into a two-hour Twitter argument with people when I was just like, you know, P.J. Williams, he started one game. He kind of has the, ex- the NFL experience of a rookie as far as playing in the actual NFL games. And you would have think I said that he had no legs. Like, people were coming at me from every which way. Uh, Kevin, uh... So the answer to the question, I would give it 2%. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. Kevin, what would it take for Bryce Harris to play in a regular season game this year? Oh, God. I mean, we ran through this before <laughs> Juge joined the call. I mean, he's like 11th on the depth chart. The Black Plague? Basically, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, wouldn't I mean, wouldn't there have to be like a listeria outbreak at the at at, uh, at the training <laughs> Stay facility? Stay away before... from the bluebell. <laughs> Basically, uh, this is an interesting question, Andrew. If one draft pick can be elite, but it costs us one early pick first, you have to you have to pick one guy that's elite, and you have to sacrifice one guy on IR. Who do you want to uh, be elite? Okay, so one draft pick goes on IR? Yeah, like you can make – if you make Lattimore elite, somebody's got to go on IR and it's got to be first to third round. Who would you want to be elite oh. and who do you put on IR? Well, Anzalone's going on IR whether <laughs> he wanted to or not. So I might, as, I might as well go ahead and sign up for that. He's not wrong. Uh, as far as who's elite um, – I'm going to – I, I want to say Lattimore, but I, I'm going to say that I'm confident in him being good on his own without me making him elite. Yeah. Like I, I think you know, if, even if he's not elite, like I think he'll he'll be solid. I think having an, an elite pass rusher changes this defense more than anything else. So I I would say Hendrickson. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Dave, who is the bust of this Saints draft class? Hendrickson. Anal <laughs> <laughs> zone. Anal zone. Anal zone career starts, Kevin. Over, under, four and a half. Career? Career. Knowing Uh. that the last, like, five, if you take out Anthony, the previous, like, five Saints linebackers the Saints have picked have, like, less than five career starts between them. Under, I say the trend continues. <laughs> uh, let's see. Dave, how many touches will Cadet have this season, and does he score more TDs than Ingram since Peyton clearly hates Mark? I don't know whether Cadet makes the team, to be quite honest <laughs> with you. If uh, if Ingram and Peterson... Uh, no, and, he's like a cockroach, though, man. He just, he just yeah, lingers, man. but... Uh, no, but seriously, I mean, assuming everybody stays healthy in the backfield, I don't know whether he even makes the team. What's the biggest – this is from John Hendricks. Uh, Andrew, what are the biggest faux pas moves a fan could make at a Saints game, and who possesses the biggest threat in the NFC South? Who made the – say again? What's the, Sorry, biggest, pas, what? what's the biggest faux pas a fan can make at a Saints game? Uh, yelling the biggest I mean, throwing a a beer. I don't know. I I think a, I think a faux pas 
it'd be it'd be like huh, like if, if no the, here's the biggest faux pas you can make you can go to the Saints game and you can be wearing a jersey of a random team or a jersey from another fucking sport like if you go to the Saints game and you're wearing a Durant jersey you're a fucking tard <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. That's I mean, it's always it always happens. You know, it, it, every Saints game you go to, Dave, you know this. There's always one guy in a Laurent Landry Redskins jersey. There's there's always a Brady jersey. Um, but I, I don't know if most of those guys are Saints fans. I think they're just NFL fans that want to troll. Find their way to the Saints game. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, if you're a legit Saints fan and you're doing that, you suck. Yeah. If the O line stays healthy, Andrew, with Pete. Armstead, Pete, Unger, Warford, Streif, slash Ramchick. Will we be a top five offensive line? And where could running game rank? Without a doubt. Without a doubt, top five. There's no question in my mind. Um, Where would the running game rank? Um, The highest I've ever been under Peyton, I think, is six in 2000. Yeah, I was going to say top ten. I mean, there's still – there's the barrier of entry of just – sheer volume of runs um you know if sean payton's going to commit to it but yeah top 10 for sure i think offensive line top five running game top 10 kevin i save this question for you and then we'll get out of here uh uh, I say General Lee belongs with the old Darren Sharper po- with the old Darren Sharper poster from Champ Square in the Museum of Politically Incorrect Nola Hero. Who else belongs in there? Edwin Edwards. Harry Lee. Did they they used to have like a painting of Harry Lee somewhere? He's got to be in there. Edwin Edwards has got it. Who else, Kevin? Who else? Who I got one that you guys uh, that you guys don't have. Who? Um. You know the street performer on Royal Street, the older black guy, and he oh, I know he dresses up as Uncle Sam, and he yeah, and he stands still while he acts like he's walking a dog. <laughs> do Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. Yes. Well, that guy just like I think last week, he Kevin, you've heard this already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This guy like last week he was arrested and detained for murder charges for a oh. murder that happened in 1974 in oh! Florida. In Florida? Yes. Yeah. Now, I mean, this is obviously, there's no, he hasn't, I don't think he's been charged yet. Allegedly. Uh, but he has, I, I think they're going to extradite him to Florida or do whatever, but um, they're holding him. It's a bad week for in statues New in New Orleans, man. Bad in- week. That's <laughs> <laughs> well played. <laughs> That was funny. That was very good. Um, but anyway, so he might he might wind up uh, in that in that hall of uh, shamed New Orleans. Kevin, are we missing landmarks. anybody? In the, are we missing anybody in the hall of shame? I feel like oh we're missing uh, a oh lot. Vince Marinello. Oh, oh yeah, oh, great, great call. Oh great yeah, call. Vince. <laughs> Mar- yeah, Vince Marinello. Uh, How could we forget Vince I Marinello? Can't. Funny. I think I've told this before, but my 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 I have a Vince Marinello story. I think I've told this before. I'm going to tell it again real quick. Uh, Did you know him? I worked with him because he would fill in for okay. Buddy when Buddy would go on vacation at WWL, right? So he was filling in for Buddy, and, and we got Charles Grant to uh, do an interview when he played for the Saints. This was like 2003, 2000, 2003 to 2005, basically, is when I worked there. So in that range. So anyway, we had Charles Grant on the show as a guest, 
And during the, during the interview, like, Charles Grant is clearly, like, eating during the interview. Which, if you listen to this podcast, I don't give a shit. We eat all the time, man. It's part of the charm. <laughs> Vince Marinella, he lost his fucking mind <laughs> on the air and in the break. Like, he was in a rage. Like, he was being smart-ass. Like, Charles Grant, like, what are you eating there, Charles? And Charles was like, chicken wings. And it just, like, made, like, like Vince Brenner, like, went, like, his face turned red, and he went crazy. And I was like, that dude is weird. Uh, but that's my... That, that's so you're my, not surprised he killed no, his wife. No, I was not. And that's my that's my Vince Marinella story. I was like, that dude is weird. I'm just like... Well, did Charles Grant just break him in half, or...? I don't know, dude, but Charles... I mean, he was... Like, you could tell he was eating. I mean, you know, we all... Charles Grant was involved in a... Wasn't <laughs> in a, he in, in the mix on a murder yeah, thing, Yeah, he too? was. No, 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 no. I, I, I thought his... I thought he was with somebody. Body. I thought he was... A lady and she got stabbed. Yeah, she got shipped. Yeah, he was in the middle of it, uh, but he wasn't you. like blamed. So like it was just gotcha. I mean Vince Marinella, like his like like his face was like like almost like purple. It was... But anyway, so that wraps up the show. <laughs> Hopefully the audio issues I'll be able to resolve them and you'll be able to listen to this podcast. So go to Saints Nation, Andrew's got quick shot from Nick Underhill and other fun things. Dave's working on that Saints preview that he'll have up by Thanksgiving. And me and Kevin are on the Twitters uh, talking all things. So until next week, the bar is closed. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.